Um, I'm just curious, you didn't mention intrauterine antibiotics because yeah. um, cefepirin is used quite a lot in the UK, mm -hmm. which is obviously a first-generation cephalosporin, mm -hmm. so more responsible than a third-generation. Uh, but also prostaglandin use, which also is a, for antimicrobial stewardship. Yeah. Um, is prostaglandin not used in your country? Because that's used more and more. And I believe there's evidence um, that prostaglandin is as efficacious as antimicrobial use. There, yeah, thank you. Um, so first, the prostaglandins. <laughs> we, it is used, yes, but there is evidence that it's not working within the first 20 days after calving. So um, usually cows don't have a corpus luteum which responds to prostaglandin prostaglandin at this moment, you only have this little tiny reaction to prostaglandin which um, contracts the uterus, but also this is, yeah, so, um, yeah, as I learned <laughs> from other conferences is that you shouldn't use this before 20 days after calving. The other one is um, the use of intrauterine antibiotics, yeah, <laughs> it, is a, it is a good question. The thing is that um, um, maybe it is coming to use these antimicrobials again when we can't take this systemically anymore. Um, the theory behind it, uh, why we don't promote the use of intrauterine um, antimicrobials at this point of the um, of the of time of the cow, is that you don't know how much you dilute your antimicrobials. So you have a it's still very large uterus within the first days after parturition and you put in your antimicrobial and you don't know how much fluids are there inside. So this is quite crucial for the use of this antimicrobial. So if you're using it for the treatment of endometritis, this is already far, yeah, it's just very far later. So the uterus is much smaller and there's much less fluid inside. So at this time point, I would agree it's, it's possible to use cefepirin, or not it's possible, it's also possible earlier, but for me it makes more sense to use it later than in the first beginning. Yeah. Thank you. Great talk. So, just my question is, in the, in the group who had the non-steroidal and then had the three courses of Ceftiofor, were they all, at the end of that time, were they all then no longer pyrexic and deemed to be as, if you like, as normal as the group who had received the three and then two Ceftia 4 treatments? So your slide, which suggested 183 yeah. versus 365 yeah. Yeah. Um, courses of, of antibiosis, all those animals that had the non-steroidal and then the subsequent, for want of a better word, one unit of anti antibiosis treatment, it was the one unit of antibiosis treatment cured them all or rather had them returning without pyrexia, without clinical signs. You were happy that they were then, if you like, no longer affected with the mastitis, with the um, metritis, metritis yeah. yeah. So, yeah, this was a, um, this is a good question because we had, um, we had still the follow-up of the temperature and not all of the cows were without any fever after the treatment, after the treatment finished. But we um, had a look if so. Then it was the decision of the of the farm personnel if they still wanted to treat them with any more medication. And um, we um, 
we took a look and there was no difference between the groups. So there were, I think it was like um, 20 cows or something that received any other treatment after this period of treatment of metritis. But yeah, there was no difference between these two groups. So, yeah. So the, so the, the requirement for residual treatment after your experimental protocol was not different for the two groups? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Thank you.